What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Dreams to Reality podcast. And today we are here in central London at Champs Barbers. And I want to introduce you to my very, very special guest and actually somebody I really look up to, especially as far as business, entrepreneurship, and you know what? Just actually making something happen. Mm-hmm. With that said, Champ, what's going on, my friend? What's going on, my brother? Thank you, bro. Thank you. Can you quickly explain where we are right now? Um, we're on. A, we're at actually number four, London Bridge Street, which is directly underneath the Shard. Um, it's the tallest building in London, you know, in Europe. So like, it's pretty iconic. Um, right underneath, kind of like underneath the, the the railway bridge, you can probably hear that right now. Mm. Um, so just like, just wanted to be somewhere real central. So you know. One, I know you got two shops, right? Is that correct? Um, and this shop is pretty incredible, really. The, the the design of the shop, what you've done, I can see that you've probably put in a, a lot of money um, <laughs> into this. With that said, um, I think it goes hand in hand with the location. Just being stood yeah. outside alone is very, very inspiring. There's thousands of people literally walking by. Um, th- there's just so much going on. And as you said, it's right under the shard. So I want to go into more detail about your life and your upbringing in a minute, but why did you want to be right here? Um, well, I started off right in the middle of the world, like in central London, right Oxford Street. So that the, the, the flagship store is in central London, Oxford Street. Um, the idea was to expand throughout the city. And um, my, my people, well, I'm from South London, so my people from South always said to me, why don't you do something in South London? I wanted to come to South London, but I wanted to be somewhere where I could still be, somewhere where our culture isn't really strong. Okay. You know, like, you know, I'm, I, I live in Brixton for the last 25 years, so like, Brixton's full of culture. You know, that's where my culture is, where a lot of it comes from, where a lot of what I've got comes from. So I believe that to take it into places where it's not re- where you can't, where you don't really see it. You know? mm. That's my idea, you know. So did you feel um, a little bit of pressure to say take it or build in Brixton? Or did, because um, coming straight to here, say if you don't have a barbershop in Brixton, some people may think that you're a sellout, but what I think is actually coming here, having two shops in central London is like, mm-hmm. in many people's eyes, that's an impossible task. So you're actually doing more for Brixton, as you say, <laughs> more for your people, by actually showing them what the levels are and what is actually capable and the things are to achieve. Oh, man, that's, that's Was a, that your thinking That's a beautiful it? way of seeing it. I've never actually seen it that way. Thanks, bro. Like, I've never actually looked at it that way. I just, you know, I'm, I'm very family driven. You know, I'm, I'm, my motivation and my inspiration is my kids and my mum, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I, I do believe that I carry Brixton with me everywhere I go, like anywhere I am in the world. I'm, I'm very proud to say, like you know, living Brixton, and, and mm. I'm always shouting off my mouth and that about it. Um, I'd love to have a shop in Brixton. I do have a project in mind for Brixton, um, and surprisingly, don't think that the rents ain't is just as expensive as really? you know. Like you'd be surprised. Yeah, like, I'll, I'll let you know. I've, I've, I do my research everywhere yeah. I go and it's pretty, 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 pretty surprising when you look at a place in Brixton and you go, hold on, that's what I'm, that's how much I pay to be like underneath the shard. Yeah. Are you serious? So, you know, everywhere, everywhere's being gentrified. Especially in London. Yeah, so. Okay, so let me just take it back to how we first met. <laughs> um, it was actually a couple of weeks ago or maybe a month ago now. Um, I was talking at an event in London, the Be Inspired event, and I always remember I come off stage. First, that was a hard kind of gig in a sense that there was a wide mix of people in the crowd. Yeah. So it was like, it was around foster care. Am I talking to them or am I actually talking to the adults who work? So it was, it was a mix. But I remember coming off, everyone was saying, well done, da, 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 da. And as I was just walking to go back into the green room, you came up to me, had your hood up. And you was like, <laughs> yo, bro, that was good, man. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah, thank you, bro. And I remember walking off like, yo, that guy is intense. Who's that? <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Because you was on your own. You just, you know, you had, I feel like you got a sense of aura around you. Um, and then I come out after the green room and then obviously seeing you on stage on the panel. And you was one of, the, you were the most fascinating person, in my opinion, you, up man. there. Thank you. Um, 
you had people who starred in the Hollywood Netflix or whatever, who had watch businesses. But the fact is, I asked you a question actually when you was up there. You are a barber. Mm-hmm. And my question was, why did you just want to become a barber? And how did you take it to the next level? I kind of know your answer anyway, but can you explain that? Because to many people who was up there, your job is a normal job in many people's yeah. eyes. Compared to the other guys that were up there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the nicest way possible, yeah, of course. Yeah, I get it. Um, it, was that, it, was, it was hard, that crowd. It was, it was a different crowd, right? And like being on a panel next to like really successful people, that was quite inspiring for me alone. Don't think that I wasn't up there thinking like, how the hell did I get up here? Mm. Being a barber. But then I guess it's just, I believe strongly in you making your own life and molding your own life. And it's up to you if you want to be like, you know, a, a barber in, you know, in, in, in a normal, you know, shop or, you know, a shop where it isn't too busy. Cause there's places, there's barbers like that that just want to be somewhere where I just want to go do my haircuts, do nine to five and go home. I want to be at home for dinner. Mm. Right, and then you meet other barbers that just want to do all the hours that they can in the world. And I'm one of those that I'm really, really inspired by taking care of people. And um, I just found that the harder I work, the luckier I got. Mm. The the cooler places that I got invited to go and cut hair, and then after that, got invited to be chilling at. And then I just realized it's all hard work, hard work, process. hard work, hard work. Yeah. You know, like anyone that you see up, like all those people that you saw on that panel, they're all hard workers. Mm. They all had that one thing in common, although they're all different people from different walks of life. Mm. They all, as much as my job was the normal one out of all of them, yeah, all of us were just hard workers and you could tell because all of us said the same thing. Mm. It's about hard work. But one thing, I mentioned it earlier um, about the idea of business and I said right now where I'm currently at I am the business so if anything happens to me mm-hmm. the business dies um, so it's not really a business mm-hmm. my, and that's just me being completely honest right yeah. so obviously my goal now is how can I scale up how can I kind of build something long lasting for my family so on that stage yes you had different influences you had different people you had different businesses but one thing you have is a solid infrastructure in place when did you say to yourself, I want to have my own shop? Actually, take it back. When did you want to become a barber? Have you always wanted to be a barber? Yeah, from... Okay, so my mum, my mum raised me um, with my nan. Uh, my dad worked on like uh, the QE2 and he was always away. He worked on, you know, different parts of the world. He's always there sending money and stuff, but that's not being there, right? So I was raised by my mum and my mum, done a job in the morning, a nine to five in an office, and then went, went home and got changed and then done another, another night job. Wow. So all I've ever seen is hard work, mm. right? And then on Saturday, she used to cut hair mm. in the living room. And it's the only time I saw my mom laughing, like laughing and joking and really? wow, like, yeah? Because the rest of the time she was just doing that. Wow. So when I saw that, I was like, Mm, obviously, work, 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 work is what we have to do. Because I used to say, Ma, why you work so hard? I said, Papi, because you have to. Wow. So then when I saw that, and I saw that the one work that she was doing was that, and she was laughing and joking with it, I said, that, that's, that's cool. Mm. So then I thought, you know, I'm going to go for it. And I actually, from watching her do that, one day I picked up a, her bag, because she was always cutting women's hair. And her barbering tools from when she done the course were just sitting in the bottom rotting. They weren't doing nothing. And I used to walk by and look at them. It's like they were calling me. And I just picked up the bag and I went into my room and I asked who wants a haircut from my boys. That's how I got started. Mm. And then a few years, I tried everything else. Like working in bars, doing this, doing that. I worked for Hilton, worked for Marriott, worked for all kinds of jobs, but behind it all still cutting hair. Mm. And it was always that. It's like, you know what? I want to be a barber. You, you ever heard the, the saying, don't trust a bold barber before? 
Don't trust the bald barber. Yeah, you ever? <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've heard all kinds of things like that, man. But you know what? You gotta trust. You gotta trust the barber that's had every hairstyle and then went bald. <laughs> that's me, bro. I had every hairstyle. I had braids. I looked like Sean Paul. I had an afro. I had all kinds. I used to slick it back. I used to. I had all the hair, all the hairstyles. When I started, when it all started falling out. I was like, no it's choice. cool, man. I've already had every hairstyle. Yeah. I'm good. I didn't miss nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't miss out on any any hairstyle, you know. So, like, I think you said on stage something like you considered maybe like stopping and becoming like a soldier or something. Yeah. Because yeah. it, in your eyes or the perception of the public's eyes, it meant worthwhile. Well, look, what was the ideal mindset around that? I'd been cutting hair for about. 10 to about 10 to 11 years by that time. Okay. And the barbering industry wasn't what it is now. Um, I was cutting in the, in the hood. Mm. I was cutting in the hood. Brixton? Yeah, I was uh, stopping. No, I was actually like uh, Camden Town then. Okay. I was in Camden Town then and I was stopping like youngsters, gangs fighting with each other, banging on the windows, trying to get into the shop when they saw another kid in the shop, trying to, kids trying to kill each other. One, one morning I, I I took care of one client really early and I had him in the chair, I was cutting away and a guy walked in there with a knife and put it in his throat and said, pay me. Mm. I was like, whoa. And then I found out it was over, it was over 20 pounds. I was like, yeah. what am I doing here? man? I'm trying, yeah. to, trying to feed my kids here and that and I'm getting this, but I need to do something about this. So then you was looking for a transition of some sort. And then I just thought, you know, I had enough of this. I said, you know what? Also, I wanted my kids to like, I wanted a hero for my kids. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, the barbering industry wasn't where it is now. So like, there's still a lot of like, you know, like like a bar barbering is like a, a a manual job, like a menial job. You got to stand up all day long and stuff. And I just couldn't see my kids growing up. I couldn't see myself making my kids proud. So all I wanted to do was making my kids proud. Where did that insecurity come from though? No, that, I, I do don't know if it was an insecurity thing also because I, I'm also, I've always felt that it was inside me. I do know it's inside me because mm. it's, the, it's in the blood. I got, um, I got uncles and my granddad that was all in the army. So uh, I was brought up okay. going back to Colombia, looking at the, the photos of in, in mm. on the mantelpieces and stuff. And that was all captains and you know, was you born in, in Colombia? No, I was born here. Born here. But my family, all, 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 all Colombian. And I used to look at those, like, you know, like, you'd look, you'd see the reaction of all the family, you know, your uncle's doing this. Mm. He's in the jungle, but he's the captain of da 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 you know? And it, it's, it went you. from granddad to uncle to, to great uncle to uncle. Like, and so I was just like, you know what? They're all proud of him. I want to be one of those. I, I want to be that. I want to have my photo up there in a the uniform looking like that and making them all proud. And I thought, yeah, that's the ticket. And then my wife turned around and said to me, what if you get your leg blown off? <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought, you know what? I won't be able to cut no hair. Wow. And they went back to barbering, bro. But bro, do you not feel like... <laughs> so it goes back to your, your mum cutting hair on Saturdays, having yeah. fun, having a laugh. Yeah. You're actually in a position where you can change people's lives, bro. Yeah, you're, like, you're like a counsellor. Yeah, that's exactly what my wife said to me. I said to her, baby, but I'm just a barber. She went, no, you're not. No, you're not. You're selling yourself short. She said, like, you help people get their jobs. You help people get their first girlfriend, mm. get laid for the first time. You know, you help. Maybe you should give advice to my man. Bless him. <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you drop your camera, bro? <laughs> Dave loves it. <laughs> But yeah, man, that was kind of like it came. I knew there was a reason we came to London today. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's where it all come from, you know. Like she did say to me, like, "Nah, you're not." And then I, so I, I got that after a while, you know. I did, I did get it. But when was the transition where you, you know, what you you actually elevated, bro? Like you actually thought, "I'm coming out the hood. I'm stepping up. I want to perfect my craft and I want to grow a business." Because just to start. Was your first shot in uh, Oxford Street? Yeah, that was your first ever shot. Yeah, bro, like that's high ambition. Most people will probably say you're crazy. So why was that? I was laughed at. I was told I was crazy. I was told that I wouldn't last three months. My old boss laughed at me and he even tried to block me off. What do you mean, block you off? 
I actually look. This is this is where I know that I was meant to be where I was meant to be in the West End. I did, you know, think what am I doing? Um, I tried to get a shop in Elephant Castle, not too far from here in the hood, because I thought that was the first step that I should take. Mm. And um, I went and I checked out the, the spot, and then the landlord from that place asked me what my plans were for it. And I told him, I want to do a barbershop. I'm a barber, I want to do a barbershop. Was, you know, you're going to be working with someone, giving them your money. You want to be honest with them, right? So I told him, and then like two weeks later, um, he, he put chairs in there himself and rented them out. Oh, damn. Yeah. So that happened. But right in the, before that, my old boss received a phone call and I used to work right next to my boss. And I could tell that it was talking about me. And I'm not gonna repeat what he said, but he, in other words, told him like, no, he's, he's unreliable. Just so, just to block me off from leaving. How old was you then? Um, Roughly. I think I must've been about, I must've been about 29. Yeah. So still relatively yeah, like yeah, mature, yeah, yeah. man, like you're a grown man. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I just realized that he was talking about me and I just saw what he, was, what he had just done. Like he had actually tried to just block me off. Like he was just, you know, he was telling, he was actually telling someone that, you know, no, he's unreliable. So he, so he wouldn't, he wouldn't give me the shop. But it was a blessing in disguise because he blocked that off. I didn't, I didn't end up in Elephant and Castle, mm. which is, yeah, it's nice now, but it's, it's not what Oxford Street is. And then I was just cutting hair. I just thought whatever God wants for me. I was cutting hair and I received a phone call and it was a lady that said to me, look, I've got a shop. I just showed it to a friend of yours. And he told me that you're a barber and that he thinks that you should have your own shop by now. So he gave me your number. And wow. I, I, I just went on a hunch, trusted my gut, closed up that day in Camden and I came down to the West End and I looked at it and it was the quietest street in the West End. I mean, you think West End, you think people, right? Mm. And it was, the, it was like an alleyway. And I was like, what's going on here? Nah, this ain't, I need people around here. But it's, it is a little kind of like quiet street, street behind the university building. But on the sides, you see the people walking towards mm. Oxford Street. And I was like, whoa, there's something here. Mm. I walked out to the corner. I stood there for about 15 minutes and saw the traffic of people walking that way. Walked back over. That's on the Great Portland Street. The first thing that came to me was Monopoly. I was like, this is the street of Monopoly, bro. Like, mm. this is mad. And I looked up and the BT tower was staring at me. My dad in the 80s had a, had a nightclub underneath the BT Tower. Wow. And I just thought, this is for me. And I walked onto Great Titchfield Street and then I walked down it and I found myself on Oxford Street. I was like, whoa, they're like ants around here. Mm. And I just saw the opportunity. I went like, you know what? I know, I know around here, no one's gonna be pulling no one out of, a, out of my chair with a knife. I know I ain't gonna be stopping gangs. I know I ain't gonna, yeah. So let me ask you, how often would you come to the center of London then, before that? Nah, it's like, was that a common thing? Nah. Well, put it this way, when I found the shop, I didn't even, I couldn't believe it was there. Mm. I couldn't believe that. Cause you know, when you go to Oxford Street, you, you go to Soho, mm. but you never go to NoHo, which is what they call Fitzrovia, they call NoHo, it's like, Everyone goes to Soho, this side, but no one knows that on the other side of Oxford Street, behind Nike Town and Topshop, there's so much going on. And that's what I didn't know. And when I got there, there was absolutely nothing. So even on. from a, a guy from the hood coming to the centre of London, looking what's around you, even though it's your city, yeah. well, I guess we're still quite Never been there after all those years, like you said, like nearly 30 Did you ever old. doubt yourself though? So obviously at some point they probably gave you a contract, told you the numbers, and you thought, okay, this is amazing. I'd love to do it. But was there any kind of element of self-doubt at all? Because surely like... There, there definitely was. It's a different environment. There definitely was. I was broke. Mm. <laughs> I didn't have a penny. Wow. I didn't have a penny, bro. And I was in the West End and the people that I met with, I just thought, 
Um, this is crazy. But I also believe that God had put me there for a reason. Mm. So how did you trust, make it happen? Trust bro? in my gut. Um, well, it's been a long time now, and that's so what happened was that I saw that there was. When a, was that again? Sorry, like how long? That was 2012. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so I looked. I looked around at the shop when she showed me it, and I saw little things. I saw that there was, you know, that that there was evidence of wrongdoings and mishappenings, mm. and I looked at it and I thought something ain't right here. So when we walked into the meeting. You know, like I realized that they were trying to sublet the place to me. Mm. And I just, you know, I wasn't fresh enough to, to fall for it. And I just said, look, I want, I want to meet the real landlord here. Mm. Right. And then I met the real landlord. And then from there, got on with negotiating and stuff. And um, managed to get a great deal out of it. And again, I was negotiating without nothing in my pocket, man. But I just knew that if I got myself to that point, I'd find a way. Mm, wow. And I just got on with it. And they did look at me. Because, like, you know, the, 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 the offices that I was sitting in was at the Regent Street. So like, did you question yourself? So, like, for example, the reason why I'm talking about that is because, like, a prime example is sometimes, not now really, but when I used to go into some one-on-one -on -one meetings, say mm -hmm. we had teachers, or even when I was in uni... I felt like a complete outcast just yeah, because of yeah. where I was from and how yeah. I was dressed and how I how I spoke. So was you conscious of that? Did you not really care? Like, what was your kind of... Look, you're always going to have... And what could you teach people who you, are a bit you're always, kind of... You're always going to have fear in you. That's normal. You know, we're built to, like, stay away from fear. You know, you stay mm. away from them big red buses. Mm. Don't walk in front of them. It's just the way we are. We're humans. So, like, we're always going to experience fear. But if you have a strong belief, that also over, overcomes that. So that was what it was. I was already, I'd already gone through the things that I'd gone at the, at the other shop. I've got to do, I've got to change something. I've got to do something. I, like, I, I've got to do this. I've got to make this happen. I've got too many kids. I've got too much going on. Yeah. And of course, there was fear. There was doubt. There was all kinds of things. Mm. The, pe the, the landlord that I had, he looked, took one look at me and just thought, who is this? Mm. And then he asked me where I was from. I told him I was from Brixton. And then he asked me for references. Okay. And I thought, that's easy. I'm a barber. I, I, I know everybody. Mm. That's easy. And then he turned around and said to me, it has to be a lawyer, a doctor, a policeman, a judge, and I need three of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then same thing again just like how do you think that was his procedure or do you think that he made that, that was procedure just him up? judging okay. that was just him looking at, the, at me looking at how you know where I was from the colour of my skin that's what he did and then straight away just thought well let's see he's not going to get that yeah exactly They're so what do you reckon most people would have done in that situation I don't know you can't talk for people but yeah I mean like you said fear doubt might have kicked in and gone Oh my God. But I was already at the point where I ain't even got the money to give to him. I might as well see what I can do. Mm. I came back with five references from all the people that he needed. Wow. How much you pay for that? <laughs> they didn't have to. That was the mad thing. Like that was the, the you know, the, the barber is the plug, you know what I mean? And mm. the barber knows everybody. And like when, God doesn't put you in situations where you don't deserve to be standing, but. Wow. And. I just knew I was meant to be there. Five years later, after I signed my contract and I'd already done the business for five years, this old man that used to come to, my, to the shop, he turned around after five years and said to me, I'm one of your landlords. And I was like, oh, wow. Well, thanks for letting me know after all these years. Mm. So then I just thought, you know what, well, me and him's got a good relationship. I've been cutting his hair for five years. So, you know, by the way, so if you're my landlord, you knew, you know, what the deal was at the beginning. Let me ask you this. Did you think I was going to, how did you think I was going to do? And he went, you know what, champ? I'll tell you the truth. So we all bet that you'll flop. Oh. How did that make you feel when he told you that? 
Nothing, mate. Nothing. I just knew who I was dealing with. You know? And that happens. Business is like that. Entrepreneurship is like that. People want to get on top of people. Especially when you're talking about where your shop is, bro. Like, that ain't no little money, man. It's not no little money. There's, there's, there's millionaires that live on my street or mm. where the shop is that to this day, eight years later, when I say Merry Christmas to them, they ignore me. That's the reason why you carry on saying That's it. That's right, bro. Merry Christmas. Mm. That, 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 I, thick skin, bro. You can't let that. But how do you develop that, bro? Is that just a part of the Colombian blood? Is that from your, your parents, your upbringing, from the hood, from your experiences? How can we teach some of these young people, especially, My, to be like, how do you become more resilient in your eyes? Because most people, let's be honest, they wouldn't even have the, the audacity or the guts to go and do what you've done there. I see and what you mean, yeah. We're going to get into a lot more detail about it, but I'm still trying to understand like the mindset behind actually like, doing it. I don't think you give yourself enough credit because you're always focusing on progress and moving forward, mm. moving forward, moving forward. You're probably thinking about the next deal and the next deal and the yeah. next deal. But we have to give credit to that because there's so many people at home. It don't matter whether they've got the same background as you or not. There's a lot to take away from that because one thing I know is that we all got our own insecurities, bro. Like mm -hmm. we all do. Mm -hmm. Every single one of yeah, us. Yeah, of course. Every day. Do you know what I'm saying? Changes. It don't matter whether you're a year seven girl or a 28-year-old lawyer or something. You know what I mean? We all got something going on upstairs. So we need to try and address that. And a lot yeah. of the time, what a common thing I see in schools is that the, the, the young kids, they pretend they don't care. And when they pretend they don't care, they really obviously do. But it's just a fear of failure because if they don't do well, they can just turn around and say, I don't care anyway. Yeah. It's easy. It's a get out. How uh, do we eliminate that to carry on moving forward, to go after these opportunities, to go in, ask for that job, ask for that experience? I think it's all, it's, it's all about staying inspired. You know, like, it's so important. For, let's talk about the kids. For kids these days it's hard and i just feel that it's 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 very very hard to stay inspired you know what happens to us when we stop feeling inspired you know we we you know our light dims mm. and we start to slow down and we start to get lazy and we don't enjoy what we're doing then we start making mistakes then you start making mistakes in life then you end up in the position that you don't want to be in which leads on to depressions and all kinds of honor, mm. right? It's hard. And, and for kids, when you're a kid, you don't know what you want. No. When you're a child, you don't know what you want. You might want to be a national, you might want to be a footballer, you might want to be, but you don't really know what you want. And when you turn 19, you still don't know what you really want. That's hard enough as it is. Mm. So having, having that clear goal, that focus, you know, maybe maybe knowing that I wanted to be a barber what saved me. You know? So I classified you as a celebrity barber now, <laughs> right? Because you've cut many different people's hairs. Um obviously there's a big passion of yours is boxing. Um, I'm not going to dive into too much boxing because I think you do that anyway in your other content and other boxing podcasts and cool. whatever. Yeah. Um, and I love boxing, but not like you love boxing. <laughs> I just like a big fight and whatever. And I, I'm just fascinated like by it. But do. I'm not, yeah, of course, I'm not the, the number one fan. Um, but how did you start becoming a celebrity, uh, celebrity barber but most importantly, is that because of the opportunity of where your first location was and potentially a network around there or was that completely not, not connected? Um, no, to be honest, the first time I ever got to cut someone like that um, was clearly because I was the last one in the shop. Oh, wow. You know, at that, like there was a, I don't remember. I don't remember if you it might be a long time ago, but Finley Quay. Okay. Finley Quay was a singer, and, and he was about to perform at Camden Camden Palace and stuff, and he needed to get cleaned up. And everyone else had gone home. Everyone that wanted to be sitting sitting at home eating their dinner watching EastEnders, they were gone. Mm. 
and I was still I was still there. cutting hair thinking about my wife and my kids and that bringing that money in when the management team came in and said to me like yo we, we need a haircut for Finley Quay and I was like get out of here I know, I know his music I like his music bring him over man I'll cut his hair mm. and then that night turned into like Yo, missus, uh, I just cut Finley Quay and I've just been invited to to the concert. Hope you don't mind, love. Yeah. Love you. Next thing you know, I'm all like, I'm partying with backstage and that. And I'm like, whoa, this is kind of cool. Mm. So then um, got invited to J. Cole. Oh, okay. Right, back in the day. And then... His first ever tour? Yeah, must have. Yeah, because yeah. I remember watching him in Bristol yeah. the first ever Yeah, one. and then... Um, then I'm, when we moved to Oxford Street, when I went to Oxford Street, it started up the shop. Um, but before that, I'd cut a few footballers. Again, that's another thing that works. Like, you know, recognising people, mm. staying, staying, like knowing what's going on. Like, you know, like a lot of people don't realise when a footballer walks past them or an actor. No. But if you're about your game in that, like, you're like, oh, hey, that's... And so you've got to be ready to like, and you've got to be confident in yourself that, hey, I mean, I'm sure you've got a barber, but like, I'd love to have the chance to like maybe cut your hair one time. Like, this this is my little shop or this is where I work. And, Mm. you know, that's a way of getting those kind of people in. Like a lot of people would be scared to- So why do you, why are you, why are you, why are you trying to, not trying to, because it kind of happened naturally for Mm -hmm. you, but why would you, what is the benefits of cutting people's hair like that? Is there any benefit? Yeah, there do you, is. Do you ask for, do you charge a lot more? There's a, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I, I can charge a lot more. Um, do you it's charge? It's also good. There's some, you know what? There's some gigs that I don't even charge. Mm. I've been in some places that I'm just, I'm just very thankful to God that I've had the chance to be there. Cause so, you can look at these dudes, you know, they're multi-millionaires, yeah, whatever. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. can take them, you can take the mick a little bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then you got to look at the bigger picture. What's worth, now the network or having just a 200 quid in that's your pocket that's the thing unfortunately, unfortunately what I've seen a lot of people that do it for a photograph for their Instagram mm. which is one way of elevating yourself and your business and getting other people to come in and, and, and you know that's one way of doing it I prefer to go down the relationship side of things where I'll get the call up again you know um and that's, that's it's really all about yeah. relationships because just when i was with you a month ago or whatever you had a phone call from like a heavyweight boxer like yeah. you know what i'm saying champions yeah. whatever we'll, we'll, do you know what i mean and you're like yo and i was like do you need a lift i mean your city giving you a lift and i got a three hour <laughs> drive but at the same time it's all about that kind of the network and building relationships yeah, and the man. connection that's None. the reason why i bugged you i said yo you up for coming on my podcast no nah, probably at the time you was probably like yeah yeah i'll do it you didn't realize <laughs> i was gonna send you probably about 20 messages saying like yo we on we on we on we on because nah. as soon as what i teach enzo anyway is like if we got an opportunity it's the reason why we're talking as many places we're talking is because we force it as soon as we get a little bit <laughs> a of little light, bit of it we, we have to because yeah. otherwise you ain't gonna nobody owes you anything right yeah 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 nobody i mean the Thanks for taking me that day, you know, because you saved me, you know, you gave me a lift and you took me to my next appointment. It was for a, a, a champion boxer that was in town. Funny enough, I'm cutting him tomorrow mm. and he's in town again. So this is mm. a guy that lives in New York. Yeah. And flies over and hits me up straight away. It, it's not the money, because he does pay me. It's not the photographs that, you know, I get to post up. I don't even post them up. Most of them, I don't even, I don't even take photos with my, the guys that I, because it's more of like, you don't need I'm to. in a hotel room with you. I want <laughs> you to feel good. You know what I mean? I'm in a hotel room with you. I'm Yo, in a hotel come, toilet come on, with can you. Can I have a quick picture with you yeah. next to the bed, bro? Yeah, right. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, no, man, it's, it's about, it's about like when I turn up backstage at a concert. It's breaking those barriers. And I'm sitting there for hours and I'm like, this is cool. I'm watching these guys warm up, warm up their voices. This is so cool. And then I'll get to cut their hair and everybody is just chilled out. I will, like the, the fighters, I will talk boxing with them for two hours and then we'll, then remember that, yo, am I cutting your hair or what? All right, let's cut your hair. Like, you know, forget about the photograph, bro. Like, you know? So, so I, want that, I want that number. I want that, you know, to be able mm, to call you and like. Mm. So you've been around a, a lot of success and you're hugely yeah. successful yourself. Thank you, bro. Um, 
what would you say maybe like three key ingredients would be to be successful? So, for example, you mentioned my favorite artist, actually J. Cole. Mm. You mentioned footballers. You mentioned boxers. You probably worked with business people, yeah. successful people, successful lawyers, whatever it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. What kind of free ingredients does all successful people share? I think you mentioned one of them. I don't know if they've been your top three. I'll just give you a shout out. It's kind of hard work. Yeah. Hard work. The, the most successful people that I've met are all very humble. You said to me about Floyd Mayweather, you asked me what he was like. Mm, you got his, uh, you got his glove yeah. up on, yeah. is that real? Yeah, very real, very real. The situation that I got to meet him in was very, very real. Um, it was all due to like me, my boxing background and mm. all that stuff, my promoter from back in the day. Um, now, next week I'll actually be in Vegas with his barber. Surely my man has no hair to cut. Yeah, he's got hair. Like it still grows, you know. <laughs> I, I see still him in the documentaries, bro. Guys are shaving taking, nothing, taking it off, taking yeah. it off, taking it off. Yeah, I mean, you got to stay fresh. You got to stay clean mm. and that. And um, one thing that I've I learned that like, with the money and all that, that's just like that's just the hard work paying off. But the giving, like most of the, most of the most successful people that I've got to like deal with and cut and you know. They're all about giving, you know? And the more successful they are, the more humble. There's another one, you know, like when when the when the success comes in that, like, it don't go to their heads, you know? The money, it don't go to their heads. You know, like they, they stay grounded. They keep their Nikes on the floor. That's what it's about. Is, is that always the case though? Because if some young kind of young blood comes up and starts earning some big money, if you give me a couple million at the age of 20, I'll probably be in a different situation than I am now. I'll probably, you know, it'll probably you'd be all prob- gone. You'd probably be a little bit more polished off, but I don't think that it would stop you being here at 7 a.m. Mm, okay. I don't think it would stop you. Like, I don't think you would Leaving forget. Leaving Bristol at what time? Yeah, four o'clock or whatever it was. Well, like, How tired Dave looks. <laughs> bless you. Yeah, stay awake, stay awake, Dave. Yeah. Like, like, look, you got to... You gotta remember. You gotta <laughs> He's remember. You gotta remember. He, he was asleep in the car. Up. Oh, they ain't even got him. a baby at home. Ah, oh, bless him, man. Not bless yet. Big up, big up the babies at home. <laughs> big up all the babies at home. You know, with the dads out working, man. Mm. You know, it's hard work. And and, uh, and look, like it's it's a it's a key thing I've I've noticed. You know, like what keeps me going that way is I'll never forget, doesn't matter who I'm cutting, it could be the biggest, you know, like act or the biggest footballer or the biggest thing in Hollywood or whatever, I'm still running my hands through their greasy hair. (laughs) So I'm not going to walk out of there and post up and start going, I'm a celebrity barber. That title was given to you anyway, regardless, you don't need to. I don't need to shy off. I don't need to shy off to make more customers and all that. No, like, you get it from giving out love mm. and people that realise that that's what they do it's about giving so what advice would you give me? keep giving so for example you follow me on Instagram we've had mm-hmm. quite a few conversations mm-hmm. I think you have an idea where I'm trying to go obviously I talked about scaling the business just trying to become bigger than I am what advice would you give like me or somebody like in a similar position? well look you're, I, I can tell you're already doing it you're training him up, right? Mm. You're helping him up to become someone like you. Mm. That's what I realized. Like, I realized that sometime, at some point in life, I'm gonna have to pass on everything to someone else because I'm gonna get older and, um, you know, like, you know, I know I experience and stuff, yeah, but there's a saying in barbering that keep your barber young and your doctor old. Okay. You know, because that's just the way it is. Your barber, when he's young, he's really inspired and he's really, mm. you know, hungry and that. And, you know, and, but then as as you get older, that kind of like dies off. And the doctor, what you want is the most experienced doctor that you can get. Because mm. that's the saying in that. So when I realized that, I think I was a little bit too old to be still fighting, but I busted up my shoulder. I was training for a fight. I busted up my shoulder. And I found myself not being able to cut. Wow. 
and that was very very hard point in my life and I thank God that it, my shoulder come back and okay but I never got to like box again properly and that and that was taken away from me things start getting taken away from you as you get older bro and that's simple that's just life and so I think you've got to like pass on pass on if you want to be able to build like you said your brand it's about building a brand and a business you're already doing that but then you've got to build a team around you like you said in case you're in a car crash tomorrow someone can pick up the mic and go hey obviously it won't be as good as me but (laughs) (laughs) humble humble stay humble but (laughs) yeah but you know and I've I've seen that I've seen it I've seen that happen in, in my barbers I've seen people that I've trained and I've seen him to go on and open up their own shops and do do things the way I've done them. And that makes me really, really happy, you know. But that comes with time and with maturity. And how do you keep it, though? For example, um, I think Dr. Dre said something. It's, it's one thing making it, making the money, but it's another thing keeping it. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that statement? Is, yeah. Would you agree with trying to stay consistent, trying to stay relevant, keeping people come through the doors? Um, and I guess you're trying to gain new customers as well as look after your other customers. Yeah. Like, how is that balancing? That's that? that's that's hard. That's hard. Um, um, I've I've got customers that call me Hollywood because I can't cut their hair no more because I'm always away are the times that they want me to cut their hair. Mm. And they'll call me, hey, you're Hollywood, you're Hollywood, but they still love me and they still respect me and stuff, but they still call me Hollywood. You know, but I get what the why they're saying it. But thank God I've trained people up mm. to do the, the best that they can to do in the way that I like it done so they can take care of those people. That's where you gotta be so important, like, you know, pass on your knowledge. Pass on your knowledge and and because like I found that out, I can't take care of everybody. I wish I could, but I can't. So let's be honest, man, like success isn't always beautiful thing, you know, it's not. Yeah. Um, When was one of the hardest times in your life, like growing, trying to find yourself, the business, maybe family, balancing it all? Because I know, obviously for myself, balancing now, trying to grow a business with a family and, you know, I feel like then I got some insecurities which I take from my dad where I'm like, he wasn't really around yeah. as much as I would want him to. Mm-hmm. Okay, he might have been earning money, but money is not the, it's only one element, it's one dimensional. Yeah. So in my head, I I feel like I overcompensate trying to be around, but then when I'm not, I'm like insecure. Am I looking Something like, guilty uh, yeah, about what I, you went through. Am I looking like my dad? Am I looking <laughs> like my dad? And it's like that cycle of life. Yeah. Um, so I know balancing all of that and even my mental health, everything, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a difficult job, bro. So what would you say like, was one of the hardest times for you? If you don't mind sharing, of course. That's cool, man. I mean, it's, it's better that I share this. Um, measuring your success is hard. Measuring success is hard. Some people measure the success with the bank account. Some measure with uh, how many properties they have or how popular they are. Some measure it by their Instagram following and that. For me, my success was what I always wanted to have. I wanted to have an apartment on the side of a mountain, staring at a beach, with my wife and my kids staring at the water, my business is running. Kind of like, that's what I wanted. Mm. I'll finish up nicely with that. You know, I'll retire, I'm good. You know, I don't want millions in the back. I don't want, you know. Mm. Um, but I think, I don't know. I got there, I got there quick. And then I realized that that's not success. Yeah, but what's quick though? Well, that's quick. I got there quick. I mean, I got the apartment. I found myself. Yeah, but how quick is quick? Like, because people think there's such thing as an overnight success. Oh, it's no, such, no, no, you know no. It took me, it took me 20 years. That, it that's took what, me 20 so that, years. That's what but I mean. When you're thinking about your retirement plan yeah, already and I it's already you. there in front of you, you're thinking, wow. I, I, that's what I wanted to yeah. touch on. Yeah. It took me, yeah, it took me 20 years. But anything in life, it, you know, to your craft and all, that's going to take you 10 to 20 years. Um, 10 to 20 the, years 10 to 20 remember, years remember there's no such thing there's as no, overnight there's no success con- there's no just like it, it's a little bit faster now though the knowledge yeah, that we're giving yeah. out right now when I was a kid I didn't have someone but the thing is if you still have no substance you might have that one opportunity and blow say with a music video or something yeah, yeah, but yeah, then yeah, yeah, if there's yeah. nothing behind that it, it what's going to keep that, that quick, ball yeah that's that quick um, 
So yeah, I found myself with that. I found myself with with my family on the beach, the shops running busy, um, staring up at the, the apartment, knowing that yeah, this, I'm gonna retire here. This is, I'm gonna be good, and I found myself depressed. Wow. Yeah, and that was mad. And I found myself in a depression. Didn't know what was going on. Didn't know how to handle it. Didn't know. I'd never felt anything because I'd always been so happy about everything. And then kind of like read up on it and kind of like figured out what was wrong with me. And and then I realized that like, I wasn't, I was feeling that way because I weren't growing no more. Mm. No progress. There was no, there was no focus. There was no inspiration. There was no drive. And there was no end goal. There was no like, that's where I'm going and I'm still working hard at that. And so I changed it. When I realized it, I changed it. And so I sold the apartment, got a bigger shop and just started growing and went for it. I thought like, I'm, I'm here only once and I'm here for a good time. Not a long time. You know what I mean? So I just, took myself out of my comfort zone, you know, took myself out of that beach and just went like, nah, let's get back to the gritty mm. and let's get back to grinding and working hard and that. So, yeah. And then with, with, with the growth and that, a whole bunch of things happened, you know, and that taught me a lot, made me thicker skin, made me hard, taught me how to be strong, bruv. So have you ever considered quitting? Or could you say basically when, all right, you had the businesses, you had the beach, you're, you relaxed. Was that essentially not quitting because it seems like a negative, but was that like saying, I'm done? No, 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 no. It was just, it was just a realization of like, I'm at, I'm, I'm at the top of my game. I'm at the top of okay. my game, at the top of my castle. I'm the king of my castle now. Mm. But that's what, you know, like being a leader ain't easy. That's why I take my hat off to any leader, mm. be it from, from the political side or a king uh -huh. or queen. Yeah, that ain't easy, bro. It's the same as like Theresa May. I don't know much about politics and stuff. It's mad, but I think like everyone's like getting on Theresa May, Theresa May. But could, nobody will never understand the yeah, amount nobody. of pressure. Nobody. I'm getting stressed to, to the max just running my business. Yeah, imagine running no, the country exactly. with all that hate and stuff. Exactly. I'm not no political person, so I don't know what's the right decision, what's wrong decision. Um, but at the same time, I just know the level of resilience she kind of showed throughout that whole process. You've got to admire it, whether it's got, right or wrong. Exactly, that's what I'm exactly what I mean. She's a human being. Wait, listen, she's, she's always going to have people that say right, and there's always going to be people that say wrong. Mm. It's, it's having the, the head strong to be able to know what to do with it and just say like, we're going this way. Yeah. That's mad. And that's, that's, that's something that, you know, as you grow mm. and as you teach people and as you continue to grow on that, you're gonna have to realize, you're gonna find yourself in positions where like, whoa, like, mm. what decision do I make? So what scares you, bro? What scares me? Only thing that scares me is me losing my mom, being without my family, bro. So like, it's the only thing. Yeah. The only thing, everything else, everything else happens and it can happen to any of us. You know, you could lose the business, you can become bankrupt, you can lose everything that you have. You can gain me double what you have. But you only, you only get, you only get, one mum, we should only get one wife, you know, one family unit, mm. you know, and, and I truly believe that all I've ever wanted was to have that. Everything else is a bonus. You know what I mean, I just always wanted to have that. Wanted to be there for my kids, make my kids proud, be a happy husband, have a happy wife, you know? That's all I was about. That's mm. all I want. I don't. Scared that, being without that, that's mm. what keeps me. If I ain't got that, then that's Damn, hard. Boy, that's deep stuff, man. So I normally ask a question to all my guests, and you've already done it already, kind of. But I say, have you, if you could sit down with any three people, right, dead or alive, yeah, any three people, dead or alive, who would it be? But now I'm going to flip that question. If you could cut any mm. three people's okay, hair. Okay, 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 okay. Dead or alive. Dead or alive. Um, who would it be and I why? Would, 
Well, I would say Muhammad Ali. Okay. You got um, the tattoo on your hand? Yeah. It's a big influence on my, on my life. Taught me as a, from a little kid. My dad, my dad took me to the Madame Tussauds and I was just like, Dad, why'd you bring me here? Until I saw Muhammad Ali. Mm. And it was a waxwork of, of him and I was just like, who is that? My dad said, that was the greatest fighter that ever lived, come. And they had the videos of him shooting off his mouth and then knocking everybody out. And I was like, wow. And I read up on him and I was like, wow, he stood up for all of that. Mm. Wow. And so that was, that's one. Um, mm, probably Martin Luther King. Just to, just to pick brains, you know? It's about picking brains. It's about picking brains, like knowledge and, and knowing like what to do in certain situations when you feel like that you're gonna upset some people this way, but you know that for the greater good. It's the greater good. You're gonna have to go through hardships and you're gonna have to go this route. In life, man, you, yeah. can either, you either build or you destroy. Yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. And um, I think probably Will Smith. Okay. Always wanted to cut his hair. I've, I've been very close to cutting his hair too. I've been in the same hotel, same building and everything and like being asked by his PA to like, you know, write down a list of who I've cut. And then by the time I was, you know, the time run out, but I'd cut everybody, the whole cast of the movie that he was in. And I was just like, yo, just mm. bring me Will Smith. But like, I know I'm going to get to. But yeah, I'd like, I was very influenced by the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I love the story of how he got to be who he is and, you know, like the persistence and just like, it's such a cultural like, icon, I, I believe, I believe, mm. you know? Cause it's, some, it's someone more of it's our time. It's it? mad to think my man's 50, bro. Yeah, that's crazy, that's crazy. That's just how you know, fast like, life goes, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, bro, I just want to say, I'm gonna wrap it up here. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Um, where can people find you? Your Instagram's pretty inspiring, to be fair. You don't have to just be into hair or barbers to really be getting inspired by your Instagram. What is your Instagram? At Champs Barbers. Okay. And, uh, find me at uh, number 17, Riding House Street. Uh, closest tube station is Oxford Street. So, like, mm. head behind Nike Town, that's where I'm at. Uh, or right here underneath the Shard on number four, London Bridge Street. So what we will do is put all the information in the description below where you can find Champ and hopefully we can do a part two, right? I'm thinking about launching a book maybe in the next 12 months, maybe a little bit longer, but the launch will be in Bristol. Would you be I'll, up for coming? I'll come down for sure. And maybe give me a trim beforehand. I'll come down for sure. Okay, good. I'll there cut, you go. I'll cut the whole crew or your team. Now you don't do that. They <laughs> <laughs> dusty. I'm joking. <laughs> nah, but yeah, man. Um, from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say um, thank you. I know I haven't known you very long, but I feel like the relationship we've built already yeah. is probably what you do anyway. I feel like I could reach out if I need anything, for any sure. bit of advice. And that's the reason why I think you really stood out for me um, up on stage because you keep it 100% real and you still got that hunger in your belly to grow and to learn and to share as well. Thank you um, so, so much, So thank bro. you. And from, just don't stop doing that, bro. No uh, way. Okay. With that said, guys, make sure you hit that big red button and subscribe, like, comment, share. You know what to do. And remember, you can either have excuses or you can have results, but you cannot have both. I'm out. Monday, we got a new vlog. What I need you to do right now is follow me on all these social medias. Hit that 